0: The Adult Cannabis Enthusiast Podcast, where we have mature conversations about cannabis and pop culture. If you're looking for an alternate way to listen to us, we're currently hosting our podcast on Podmean. That means you can pretty much listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcast fix from. If you want to hit us up on social media, we are on both Twitter and Instagram at A Cannabis Pod. I run the Twitter, Cam runs the Instagram. And we have a blast on there. My name's Joel, and I've been smoking weed for 25 years.
1: And my name's Cam, and I've been smoking weed for just over two years now. This week on the podcast, we are going to be talking about some Valentine's edibles that we got into and created. Oh, well, I guess not created, but we made them.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we, or I guess Joel actually found these recipes on. Uh, newsgreenflower.com and uh, it looks like they have some cool content on there Um, these recipes are pretty cool what we're making this week are these red velvet whoopie pies and some uh, chocolate covered um, strawberries for me I kind of had to pivot I couldn't find strawberries but yeah anyways we're really excited to talk about that the reason why we kind of chose to do that this week is because I've been getting a lot of uh, people talking about uh, they that they uh, like our edibles episodes and stuff, and we haven't really done one since our, our reunion. Wait wait, not reunion.
0: <laughs>
1: we haven't really done one since our anniversary. So I figured like what the hell it's Valentine's day. We might as well uh, try and uh, drum up some Valentine's day edibles kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I think that was a really good idea. Honestly, the, the timing is good. Valentine's day is a time when you have treats and candy, you do something nice for the people that you care about, uh, make it an infused edible with a Valentine's theme seems kind of appropriate so uh i i don't think it took much twisting of our rubber arms to uh to a make edibles and be doing up uh for the people that we care about so i think the timing was good to, to fit this one in and uh, I'm, I'm stoked to, to share this with everybody i think in the spirit of our podcast and trying to you know emulate the experience of the cannabis consumer what i did was plugged in valentine's infused edibles or infused cannabis edibles into Google. And this came up in, I want to say the top 10. It wasn't like the top hit or anything like that. I did a bit of sleuthing and, and recon to try to figure out what might be most appropriate. And when we started having a conversation about what we might want her to do, uh, this recipe site that we went to had about four different options. Right. And and we just thought that would be a good way to kind of narrow it down to, to something that we could actually put together ourselves because we didn't want to get too fancy.
1: Yeah. Well, I had a quick poke around on that website that you found as well. And there actually seems to be some good content on there. I may have to poke around on there a little bit more. They've got lots of content on edibles and stuff. And it looks like they even offer some like courses for edibles. So oh, um, nice. yeah, kind of cool. But before we get into our, the, the meat of the episode, uh, even
0: though I guess they're both desserts, <laughs> what has been on your rolling tray this week, my friend? What is on my rolling tray this week? Well, uh, a lot of the familiar favorites that we've been talking about recently. So uh, the the folks from Redican have been making a regular appearance in my rotation. And in fact, we will be having a look at Charlie's from Redican at the end of our show today in our review segment. So uh, we'll talk about that there. But I did have a shelter market order show up with a couple of new and exciting treats that I haven't had the chance to get my hands on yet. And I'm really stoked because I expect that these will be on the review table in the future. And I know that you got your hands on the same ones, right? I certainly did. Uh,
1: we picked up the Planet of the Grapes, Canucks Cookies, and OG Kush.
0: Yeah, and the OG Kush from Willow Weed is notable because it's outdoor grown, right? I didn't even know it was outdoor grown. That's, yeah. And uh, like it, it actually looked like it was
1: grown well, you know? <laughs> Not to say that outdoor weed can't be grown well, but uh, it just... It, when it's compared to to indoor weed, like normally there's something that gets lost. I don't know. I'll,
0: I'll I'll just say that indoor weed has a reputation. In my years of experience as a cannabis consumer, I can say that like overall my preference is probably to indoor, but I have had some bomb ass outdoor and I just, you just haven't been exposed to that yet. So trust yeah. me when I say there is some killer, killer, killer outdoor that that you can get. And I think as the market kind of grows, maybe we'll see that. You know when when micros are able to kind of do that. But in any case, this OG Kush from Willowweed is something that I expect to talk about in the future. Uh, Between that and the Planet of the Grapes, I picked up Smalls of both, but Smalls does not describe the way that the buds looked. I expect we're going to go into this on on future episodes, so maybe I want to cut it off there. But uh, the nose on that Planet of the Grapes and on the OG Kush just was uh, incredible for me. So uh, it was a, a pleasure putting them into glass and getting to try a little sampler bowl before I try my best to avoid it until review week i did want to do a bit of a follow-up in our medical episode last week i I had some not unkind things but i think i was calling into question about uh, canmart and whether an order that i had put in from them that uh, i still don't have and we're approaching three weeks now was their fault or canada post it turns out it's definitely canada post's fault Uh, it popped a scan on monday in montreal and nothing since so uh (laughs) we'll see what happens with my now 21 day old uh order from canmart with which consists of a bunch of flourish products and uh, a double order of orange bud i'm sure i'll get that one day but there's some more goods coming what about you man what have you been smoking this week
1: well you've Basically touched on everything. I've been smoking this week as well.
0: <laughs> um, touching on the
1: the shelter order and Radican products. Um, a few weeks ago, I got a big Radican order. On previous episodes, I've talked about this. I've got some Cold Creek Kush, some Charlie's Angel, which we're talking about in our review segment today, as well as some Blueberry OG. I'm still going strong on those. I'm really happy with these products. I've got a decent stock of them left because I, I ordered quite the, uh, the, the amount when I made my order to, so I could fit that, uh, $200 minimum, um, order amount for free shipping from Redican. But yeah, other than that, uh, um, outside of weeds, one thing I wanted to mention was I picked up some of those Canadian lumber, uh, rolling papers. I've, yeah, yeah. I've seen these be, um, like Uh, advertised online. I've seen them Um, other, other people in the cannabis uh, community. They, they do seem to really like these papers. A lot of people that I follow on Instagram regularly smoke these papers and I hadn't really seen them myself before, but I was at a shop, I think last week actually. And I, I just noticed that they had them. So I, grabbed a deck because I was curious about the quality and um, I've only rolled up one joint right now. Well, I've only rolled up one joint of this so far because uh, in Kamloops the last week it's been like minus 10 to minus 20. So I haven't been outside smoking that much, but uh, the one that I did uh, spin up, um, it had a a quite pleasant, like sweet taste to it. Uh, It burned fairly nicely. Uh, I did get a bit of canoeing, but I think that was an operator error more so than the the product (laughs) itself. I think that I just spun my doobie up a little bit too tight, but I'm looking forward to checking those out, uh, some more and and getting some more experience with them. The, the company itself, I looked into them a little bit, uh, because it's a Canadian company. I was hoping that they were going to be manufactured uh, domestically, but they're not, they're manufactured in China, which is totally fine. I'm I'm not like, it's not a slight at all, but, uh, I was, I was hoping that they're going to be done domestically, (laughs) but anyways, they do seem to be like a good company who, uh, who likes to, um, source things sustainably and ethically so i'd recommend checking these out if you haven't seen them before um outside of that though i that's all i really have to touch on for the rolling for the rolling trade this week i don't really got much else
0: well i have a couple of qu- follow-ups for you on that. sure on the reticand side of things how's that blueberry it's really nice actually yeah? it's it's only 15.9 percent thc
1: and i know we we always say the thc doesn't It's not, it's not the only metric to use, um, for potency, but, uh, this thing hits hard for like 15% when I first picked it up, I, I went to that for like a first bowl of the day. And for like an hour, I was kind of like starstruck, just like, Holy crap. (laughs) Like I was not expecting this to, to kick me so hard, but I really like the blueberry, the quality of it's pretty great. It was, um, packaged in August, but, uh, the buds were still quite fresh, the, uh, reasonable humidity and, um. Yeah. I, I, no complaints, really. I guess that's to
0: sum it up. No complaints. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. Well, the Canadian lumber, I think that's interesting. And, and I'm, I'm glad you kind of did a bit of digging on to, you know, where they um, they actually make their their stuff. Because I think a lot of people might make that assumption that, you know, the name says Canadian lumber, so it must be made, you know, Canadian wood and done here. Like that, that, that sort of gives that impression. So I think that uh, having that information is kind of important. And I've seen that company pop up a lot in social uh they I feel like they must be really aggressive in getting their product to influencers in some spaces because I just it just seems like lots of people are just just happen to be rolling with Canadian lumber papers all the time yeah um, and that's just more of an a, a side comment and like you said you're seeing it a lot on Instagram too I think I've seen it a lot on Twitter but I think I might follow them too so maybe they just pop up from that So I'm not entirely sure, but to what you were saying, you said uh, about, you know, it not burning evenly and it being operator error. And that just got me thinking, you know, a lot of people use that even burn as a metric for measuring quality. And I just think that that sometimes that's maybe fallible if you're shitty at rolling, but then at, at the same point, the people who are probably using that even burn as a metric are probably pretty stellar joint rollers so um i just think it's a challenge but the one thing and i don't know if you, if you have any experience with this and i'm sorry for going on a weird tangent here but have you ever tried using those like pre-rolled cones
1: i haven't i haven't i've never I've used never pre rolled
0: cones and i've seen people use them a lot and i'm just like maybe it must be easier to load up than like spinning up a do and i don't roll joints enough for it to be like significant so it's never really kind of appealed to me like using that or a rolling machine or a cigarette machine especially now with the pasta filters I think I've got like I've got it down now but it just I don't know like it's hard for me to see that being like a an enjoyable process or like a a way to get a clean burn so I guess ultimately what I'm saying is is I feel like that that metric of um, an even burn is is flawed to a degree depending on who is uh, using it
1: yeah, I think so as well. I would hope the people who are who are promoting the even burn um, as like a uh, like a bankable attribute I hope that they've put a bunch of weed through those papers before they can say it's an even burn and it's not like a small sample size or something you know but to touch on that point that you made about these being very popular with uh, social media influencers that is something that came up in my research of that Canadian lumber company too actually right on their website they have a like a sign up area that's like if you're doing a promotion or if you're looking to do a giveaway or something like that please contact us we'd be happy to like help you out kind of thing so I think that, um, they do have a pretty aggressive promotional, I don't know, department, I guess. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess, I guess that's good in a sense because I don't, I don't mean to, to like, you know, attach that negative influencer connotation because for me, it's just, I don't know. For me, like I struggle with the idea that it's become a thing to like wave your hand up and ask for free shit all the time. Like yeah. that just that that as a as a virtue seems really weird to me. But at the same time, from the company's perspective, I can see how that's beneficial, right? You get your name out in the community and, and you're you're accessible and people want you to be there. So yeah, I don't know really where I fall on this now, but it's it's interesting to see that they're actively promoting that
1: yeah well it's it's definitely a great tool for them for for advertisement and stuff right and and obviously for for people who are who are trying to become like a, an influencer like as like a side hustle or something like that you know getting those products are are a good tool as well so um i'm I'm not really sure where I fall on it either um because yeah i I have the same kind of thoughts as you about about uh, it being a little bit weird to like like you said put up your hand and ask for free shit
0: well it seems like I, I think maybe the the block that I have is that the free shit that people are normally asking for, they usually give away, right? And yeah. I think I think that's it, right? You get eyeballs from from giveaways, but I'm like, how does that help anybody if it's all about free? Anyway, I, I, it's just a uh, maybe just because I'm an old dude and I don't get it, uh, and I, and I'm willing to accept that. That's okay. I don't have to get it. <laughs> but mm. maybe we should uh, reset here and focus on our actual topic today, which has nothing to do with smoking. But I, that was, I think that was a really kind of beneficial discussion about, um, about rolling papers there. So thanks for that. Yeah. But today we're going to be talking about Valentine's edibles, right? making some delicious infused treats. This was something that we used to do a lot on the show. And uh, I think we got a, got a little bit away from, I think we got really heavy into the flower enjoyment and and less of the, um, the edible making, but our dear listeners have requested that we go back to our roots and here we are. So where do you want to start my friend?
1: I kind of wanted to start with my shopping experience. Actually, Um, (laughs) we, I didn't really come up with this idea until like earlier last week, you know, so, um, we kind of had a quick turnaround on this episode and unfortunately I didn't get out to shop for my ingredients until yesterday, which was the Friday before (laughs) Valentine's day. So for this recipe, there are a few ingredients that were necessary to kind of make it Valentine's Day themed. One of those being strawberries. People say those are an aphrodisiac or something. Anyways, like a sexualized kind of romanticized food. I went to the store. There was no strawberries. I'm not surprised. It's not only is it winter, but it's two days before Valentine's Day.
0: They they bring in extra strawberries at Valentine's.
1: Yeah, they do, but at my local store, there still wasn't any left. Oh yeah. And uh, the other ingredient that I was missing was red food coloring for this, uh, <laughs> for this uh, red velvet whoopie pie. I went to the to the the aisle with all the baked good or baking goods and stuff in it, and uh, went right up to the area where there was um, frosting and and dyes and stuff like that, and there was a noticeable hole where all the red dye was. Wow. So I was kind of like, yeah, fuck. And then I was looking at the, the other options and I made a pivot for green. Cause I was like, Hey, if I can't make it red, I might as well make it weed colored. So let's go with green. <laughs> and <laughs> um, you
0: were able to get green.
1: <laughs> spoiler alert. These are Brown. <laughs> <laughs> well, the recipe for the whoopie pies calls for cocoa uh, cocoa powder and stuff too. Right. So, the, the batter when I was making it was quite dark brown. It had brown sugar in it as well. So without getting too far ahead of myself here, uh, the green food coloring did absolutely nothing to change
0: the color. Yeah, dude, I had to dump, I had to dump like a whole bottle of the red in there. Really? It says to use like a teaspoon. <laughs> you, uh, I don't know. We have lots of food coloring at our house because we have a small child. And one thing you can do with a small child is foot put food coloring in the sink with water and they have a lot of fun with that.
1: Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So
0: I, it wasn't a problem for me to pull out some red food coloring, but we had to use like the whole fucking thing to get it red because it was so Brown from the cocoa. Powder. So I had, I'm really experience. not surprised.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised that it took a lot. I wasn't willing to just dump the whole bottle.
0: It's yeah. kind of why I was asking if it turned green or not, because I was
1: like, really? I'd be impressed. Well, you know, the, the photo from this website has the most beautiful whoopie pies. They are such a nice shade of red like it actually looks like a red velvet cake kind of uh, consistency consistency to it but i doubt that they would have got that color from a teaspoon of red food food dye in this because uh like you said it was quite brown and you your experience yourself you said you had to use a significant amount <laughs> but anyways my shopping experience didn't really go the way i wanted the uh, i was able to make some substitutes for the strawberries that uh, were agreeable for myself and my partner Luckily, my partner doesn't like strawberries that much anyway, so what I went with was uh, one of her favorite berries, which are blueberries, and they were a great substitute for this as well. I had some of them last night, and and it worked out well, as well as I made some bananas as well.
0: Yeah, yes. chocolate-covered blueberries and bananas. It worked out well. I saw, I and mean, when you showed me like a picture of what you had made, I was immediately frustrated that I didn't think to make the Bluth bananas from Arrested Development with my infused chocolate.
1: I didn't either though. I, I just thought of chocolate covered bananas and I didn't even think of the Bluth's bananas either.
0: Oh, uh, it's such a missed opportunity, but it's okay. It's not, yeah, it I'll, really I'll, is. I'll do it again in the future. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. Well, um, I think now that, uh, I'm, I'm done with my little side story about my shopping experience. Uh, do you think we should get into the prep? Like, well, wait, the- wait, wait, can I tell, oh. the, can
0: I tell my shopping experience story?
1: <laughs> Please do. Please do. Yes. So
0: mine's not actually as interesting as yours because, uh, My COVID paranoia means that we typically don't go into stores. We do our grocery shopping online and then we go and pick it up from the grocery store and they drop it in your trunk and all that kind of stuff. We got a phone call the morning of to pick our stuff up, which was also yesterday. And uh, they told us that they didn't have the strawberries in the size that we want. And we had to get like a two pound uh, thing of strawberries in order to be able to do it. So that's what we went with and still got that managed to get the strawberries, though. Um, So I wish I'd have known because I could have hooked you up, but on the plus side... Whenever we do infused edibles, we have a young child who is very interested in what we're doing. So we always have to make some non-infused edibles for our daughter. And so we did that with the extra. She made herself some some chocolate strawberries and she was quite quite proud of herself. So uh, that's nice. what we, we did with our, our extra stuff there. So that was fun. But other than that, no, we didn't really have any problems. Uh, we didn't have to do any substituting with the ingredients necessarily, uh, except the buttermilk. We just like we, you, you can... Um, make your buttermilk with plain milk and that's what we did instead
1: okay I just bought it because yeah. we we normally go through buttermilk here anyway we've got a couple people in our house that that like to bake and and use buttermilk for various things so I just got a one liter jug of it kind of thing
0: dairy is a very rare occurrence in our household so that's that's why uh we went, Fair both, enough. went with the standard stuff and, and uh, adjusted it, but it all worked out really well. And uh, yeah, I think it was pretty good. So yeah, I think if you want to get into the prep, we can. I don't know that I have anything more of interest to say other than than the uh, the strawberries, but uh, it turns out that we're not big, necessarily big fans of the strawberries either. And uh, nope. I, I wonder if that has more to do with the preparation process than... Um, than that. Cause we deviated from like the directions because, well, I mean, let's be honest, the, the di- directions for the chocolate covered strawberries are um, minimal from this website.
1: Very, very minimal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well um, just to, t- to kind of touch on something that you had, you had mentioned there um, you had said that uh, you like to, well, generally when you're making edibles, you make something that's not infused for your, for your daughter, but That's kind of a realization that I've come to recently as well, because I have I live with roommates who have a who have a baby as well the mother's still nursing. So we always make these, like we made gingerbread before we've made these uh, chocolate covered things today, these whoopie pies. We made that pot pie previously, you know, but uh, unfortunately one of my roommates can't have it because she's still nursing their child. So I kind of felt bad the last couple of times we've made edibles. And uh, I think the next time we do it, I have to make sure that I'm making treats for everybody as well.
0: Well, it's very kind of you, my friend.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, well I think last night, um, it everything looked so good, like when the chocolate was all done. So yeah. I, I think that there was a little bit of a, um, missing out that was had. Some FOMO? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I felt bad. Anyways, um, to get into the prep, what did you do to choose uh, your flour? Like what what flour did you use
0: and, and why? <laughs> what flour did I use and why? That's a pretty <laughs> load, loaded question, my there friend. There you go. Yeah. You're, you're me up here um i decided to use gg4 for this why did i decide to use gg4 because i have a lot of it and i don't want to smoke it is the 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 cole's notes version of why i chose the flower that i chose for this activity in my black friday purchases i picked up a discounted ounce of gg4 from shelter market And I want to say, I think after discount, it was like 68 bucks before tax for that ounce or 69 bucks before tax. Really, really inexpensive. Uh, Unfortunately, I did not enjoy the cannabis at all. Uh, I found it to be unsmokable. And the only time I've ever regretted a purchase from Shelter Market, even at that like inexpensive cost, it didn't like, I wasn't really mad about it because I didn't spend a lot of money. But even at a discounted rate, it just wasn't something I could enjoy on any level. So edibles is, is what it was destined for. And these recipes called for a fair amount of infused can of butter or oil. And it seemed like a perfect way to use it up for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did tee you up for that because I knew exactly <laughs> what you had done. Um, and, uh, funnily enough, I did the exact same thing basically. And I have very similar thoughts as like a kind of side note with the GG four, when I first got my packs three, I kind of thought that it just wasn't working because I wasn't getting great vapor output, and it was because of the GG4. I was just putting through this GG4 through the the packs over and over and over and over and over because I wanted I wanted to smoke my new packs a lot to kind of like work out the kinks, and uh, I had a ton of that GG4 weed, so I was putting it through a lot, not getting a lot of vapor from it like you said it's it's not great to smoke so um it has more no vape.
0: flavor it's just it's just yeah it's just Doesn't dry have... it's, it's there's dry mids man that's what it is yeah
1: so uh it kind of like led me to almost send in like a, a complaint about my packs but once i changed up my flower there was way more vapor and i was way more happy with it but i digress i chose that exact same flower too mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I I had to kind of eyeball mine. Um, I had to make a, a cup of infused coconut oil as well as a cup of can of butter. So I used about three grams for, for each of those. Um, did you about do the same or, or what did you do for yours?
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, I had the can... The uh, coconut oil pre-made, actually, I'd made some a couple of weeks ago because I wanted to make some uh, bulletproof coffee and some infused fudge. So I actually had a couple tablespoons left over, which was enough for the recipe that we were doing here. So that part of it was already kind of taken care of. Uh, And I think I used like maybe four grams for three quarters of a cup of coconut oil or something like that. Okay. So it's got a
1: decent potency to it then. even at the like lower THC amount.
0: Yeah. I mean the gg 4 came rolled in at like 14.9%, right? So it wasn't um, super powerful. And then for the can of butter, I actually did it in a, I don't know, roundabout way (laughs) because I didn't look at the recipe to see how much I I needed to make. And, And I did this like all in advance. So I was kind of prepping my, um, my infusion a few days before, just so that tomorrow, all I had to worry about was, um, making sure that the the food was ready. Uh, I won't even take credit for the work because my wonderful spouse is the one who did all the baking. She's the pro. <laughs> uh, that's why it looks relatively nice. Yeah, uh, it looks so, nicer than mine. <laughs> so I did do the the decarboxylation process early as well. Uh, I used my Ardent Lift, so it makes it really easy to decarb all your cannabis. I did a quarter cup of butter first and I used uh, four grams for that. And then I did three quarters of a cup of butter And I put in, I want to say, nine grams for that. Wow. Yours is significantly stronger than mine. (laughs) Well, I don't know what you normally use for your measurements and when you're doing your infusion, but it's typically an eighth to a quarter cup of butter.
1: Yeah. Well, but but, uh, didn't you double that, (laughs) basically?
0: Yeah, because I was using double the amount.
1: Double the amount of, butter. I thought you just said, uh, uh, an eighth of weed for a quarter. Oh, for a quarter cup of butter. Yes, ah, I did it for a single cup of butter. I got yes. you there. Okay. I hear you. Well, when I did the math and the potency for these things, these puppies are still like 40 milligrams THC per, um, huh. around there at least. So if, if yours is like double mine, then yours should be really strong unless I'm a really bad mathematician.
0: I'm not sure because I, I didn't even. Bother doing the like potency measure out on all of this just because it was spread out over such a wide amount, and I had leftovers in everything. So like I just it just seemed like an effort and futility to bother doing the potency measurement. Fair enough. Plus, given that the strength of the the cannabis that I was infusing with, it was just like, "Eh, it's not gonna. I'm gonna have to eat a bunch of this to get high anyway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, and that's completely
1: fair. You had mentioned your ardent lift there and on previous episodes, you've mentioned it quite a few times, but uh, um, in case somebody's listening um, to the show for the first time today and is not, well, doesn't know what that is. Can you just explain that real quick?
0: Yeah, for sure. We've talked about this a number of times on the show that how it's really important to make sure that you decarboxylate your cannabis before you infuse it in, into something like butter or, or an oil. And the reason why we do that is that you want to make sure that the THC is active before you're putting it into something because you're not getting the most out of it. So everyone always says, make sure you do your decarbing and lots of people ignore it. Never skip this step because it's going to increase your potency and allow you to get an accurate measurement of what's going into your cannabis. That's why decarboxylation is so important. I happen to have a tool that allows me to decarboxylate in a pretty simple fashion. And it's called an ardent lift. I picked it up via an online order for, I think about 250 or 275 bucks a few years back. And I think I can put over an ounce in it at a time to decarb or at least an ounce. I don't think I've ever tried to do that much in one time at any point. And essentially it's kind of like a, uh, it's got a heating element, in uh, like a plastic cylinder and that you put like a a metal kind of cup with a uh, a seal on it that you put your cannabis in and it runs like a heating cycle to like perfectly decarboxylate your weed with very limited odor filling it up if someone wants to decarboxylate without one of those machines there's other methods that you can try to do that and I know cam that you, you use one of those when you're doing your decarbing right
1: yeah. I don't have an ardent lift, but I think that once I get more dialed in with my growing and more experience with it, and I'm, I'm having bigger outputs and making more edibles, I probably will invest and get one. But uh, for right now, I... I don't but i really want to minimize the smell that comes off of my decarb process um right. some people just put it into their oven uh like on a baking sheet just without without anything just right into the oven onto the baking sheet directly onto just some parchment paper or something like that and decarb it that way but you do get a significant amount of smell when you do that because everybody knows if you've smoked weed before it's got a pretty distinct smell it's got a pretty <laughs> strong smell to it um especially when it's warmed up and activated right so what i do to make minimize that is I put mine into a mason jar. So I'll grind up my my fresh flour, throw it into a mason jar, seal it up, and then I'll put my oven on around uh, 200 to 220 degrees. And then I will uh, kind of just lay out a, a small baking tray with a damp uh, dish towel, place the cannabis with the, like inside of the, the jar on top of the dish towel and toss it into the oven for like an hour, every 15 minutes or so I'll pop the jar lid real quick and then give it a little shake just to make sure everything's getting, uh, decarbed evenly. Um, nothing's getting burnt on the bottom of the jar or anything like that, but, but that's kind of how I do it. I'll open it up every 15 minutes, give it a good shake. And then after about an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minutes or so, then my weeds all decarbed and ready to go into the oil for the infusion process.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there's a little bit of loss that you get when you do it in that method versus using something like the ardent because you're getting a consistent heat cycle when you're doing that. When you're using an oven, right, it cycles on and off at points when it hits temperatures. And if you're like opening it to take it out and stuff like that, it, it limits the ability to decarb to a certain extent so that there are there are additional benefits other than the odor i think to using something like an ardent but it's not an economical solution for kind of like the average consumer i wouldn't say unless you're doing edibles on the regular it's not something that you should really invest in it was something that we had picked up when we were considering looking at getting into edibles but i don't know that it's like kind of something for the everyday consumer but i use it a lot
1: okay Yeah, well, and I I think that that's basically that's a really good summary of the Ardent Lift. I think that it's a really useful tool, a very convenient tool, but not maybe not necessary for everybody. I think that uh, most people will have a mason jar hanging around their house, as well as a dish towel and an oven and a baking tray. So my my method is is a, a, a great way to to get the same kind of effect. But like Joel said, you you may lose a little bit with it as well. But I've had great success with it. I've basically done that with all the edibles that I've made in my short cannabis career but uh yeah and then from there i i just go straight into infusion i use the exact same mason jar basically that i use from decarbing. <laughs> other than uh, uh i'll just chuck in the coconut oil or whatever kind of oil or butter that i'm using to infuse i did something a little bit different with my infusion this time though and it worked out well i kind of wanted to report back on it because i i kind of tipped you off that i was going to try it the other day but anyways right. yeah so, so normally how do you go it it went really well. <laughs> so with, uh, with my infusion, what I do is I just, I turn on my crock pot. I put in a, a bit of uh, water at the bottom with um, three or four inches at the bottom. I'll turn it on, leave it for an hour or two so that it gets up to a decent temperature. I like it to be around 200 degrees. Then I place my, my mason jar with the oil and the cannabis inside of it into said crock pot and leave it for about four hours or so, so that it can infuse into the oil. What I used to do is just put the, the cannabis right into the oil. And then once it was infused, I would strain it out using a cheesecloth before I would strain out the, the plant matter using a cheesecloth. But what I wanted to try this time was using a tea bag because the, the cleaning process for cleaning out the the cheesecloth was really starting to annoy me. Um, the, the bud really finds its way into every little crevice of the cheesecloth and you basically can't use it for anything else, but weed after. So I was looking to kind of minimize that. And, uh, so I threw my ground up buds into a tea bag and then threw that tea bag into my butter and oil and, uh, Man, it, it was a really easy cleanup, and uh, as far as I could tell last night, there was still good infusion because my my edibles were definitely THC infused.
0: <laughs> so you felt effects, is what you're saying? I felt
1: effects, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but uh, I I'm going to be doing that going forward now, um, just using a paper tea bag, throwing the buds in there, and then infusing the oil that way because I found that it really uh, minimized the cleanup, and uh, yeah, that's I I felt that it, it worked really well.
0: I may have to give that a try uh, now that you've actually tried it. I'm skeptical though, not, not doubting your experience at all. And I, and I can appreciate the level of cleanup improvement, but I'm, I'm skeptical about how it impacts infusion, but I would like to try it for myself and see. So yeah. you're, you've got, you've got the ball rolling for that, but <laughs> I, d- I definitely did not try that for this one. I went with the, uh, the mason jar method as well. So I did the same thing, throw a few inches of water in a crock pot. I've done this a few times. So I have a kind of a, a system down for it, so I usually run the crock pot on high for about an hour and a half uh, before I put my uh, mason jar in it. Uh, I leave it on high for about 45 minutes, and then I run it on low for about two hours and 15 minutes. And then once uh, once that's done, I take it out uh, and then I run it through a cheesecloth and a strainer uh, before uh, I'm finished. So. I don't mind the cheesecloth process so bad, but I do recognize that it's wasteful. So um, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't use my cheesecloth for anything else after I've used it. I try to use as little as, as possible, but it's uh, garbage bound once I've squished out everything that I can from it. Yeah. I do like this method for making canna butter a lot better than the old way that I used to do it by using water in it on the pot. Um, this mason jar method just takes all the, the uh, cooling aspect of it so you can use your butter right away. So I like that. Uh, I don't find the cleanup too bad. I mean, like just the quick squish and then I can toss it out. Like I've done this a few times. So I find that I've just kind of got a system down where I have everything where I need it. And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. And then it's done. So cleanup isn't too, too bad. Same thing. I find doing it with oil a little bit different, though. I kind of like prefer the the pot method over the mason jar when doing like coconut oil and stuff like that. Really? Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. You got to pay more attention to it. I mean, it's nice to have that whole like set it and forget it aspect of it when you do the mason chair method, but I don't know, there's something about, about having my hand on a pot too. So I, I kind of like being able to to have my hands there. So, I mean, okay. there's different ways, but this, this, I found it, it all worked out really kind of flawlessly. The, uh, the coconut oil I'd done a couple of weeks ago. So that was no big deal. The, um, the butter itself kind of rolled simply, but I had to do it in, in two stages because I didn't realize how much I needed for the, uh, the whoopie pies, but right. overall it was kind of a good process, but, um, yeah pretty simple nice. straightforward
1: there's there's actually another step that you can do before all of this that a listener had recommended to me on on Instagram actually I didn't get to try it this time but oh. I did read up about it and I probably will be doing it going forward especially after the results of my edibles that I made uh, today and yesterday so I had an Instagram uh, follower uh, reach out and say like hey if you're if you're doing uh, edibles what um this one chef, Chef Jeff the 420 chef, <laughs> what he recommends doing is washing and blanching your bud before you uh before you actually infuse it. And what this oh. does is takes out a lot of the excess chlorophyll and um any kind of uh like insecticides or anything like that that could be on your bud and it really removes the green taste of uh,
0: supposedly. I was just so, going to say I've heard of that, people doing that to take the weed taste out of it before
1: exactly right and and i i think i'm gonna try it next time i'm gonna give it a go i didn't have time to do it this time because i was on a quick turnaround but you have to do it takes a couple
0: days though right like to do exactly, the wash. Yeah. i mean obviously not the blanching but the wash of it itself takes a bit
1: Yeah. So I read up on it and chef Jeff recommends that, uh, you, you, you get your plant matter and you put it into a French press just with some, with some water and, uh, like change out the water every 12 hours or so. And, uh, it takes about two or three days to get a full clean on it. He said that the water will become like visibly Colored, like you'll get a green color or a brown color or, or something like that. And sometimes there's even, um, some, some soap bubbles that may develop because of, of certain like cleaners or, or insecticides that are used on, on, on cannabis after doing that soak for two or three days, he suggests you boil it and then throw it in to some ice water for a quick blanch as well before you start your infusion process. Apparently it doesn't really affect the the trichomes on the plants because uh, they they tend to just want to stick to the plant. The water doesn't necessarily like agitate them enough to break them off. Um, I know that when you're making hash, you, you soak the buds as well, but they do kind of a more of an agitation process to kind of bang the buds around and break yep. off those trichomes. In this method with the blanching and the cleaning, you're not really messing the buds around too much so you're not breaking off those trichomes you don't really lose a lot of thc potency in fact i read that he had buds tested pre and post blanching and the potency was basically the same
0: huh i'm going to have to try this too i have a actually have an extra french press so that's um that's now what its designation will be (laughs) Yeah.
1: I I haven't tried it myself, but I I think it's really intriguing. It's something to definitely try out, especially because I I have to say after making these, this whoopie pie and this uh, chocolate infusion, both of them had a significant amount of green taste for me. I haven't tried my whoopie pies yet, like the finished product, but um, I was regularly dipping in my finger into the batter And into the uh, the cream cheese icing to taste it, and it tasted quite grainy. So,
0: I, yeah, that's a definite big note that I have about these, <laughs> these recipes, especially the cream cheese icing. It is very weedy.
1: It's very very weedy. Yeah. So, I think we I think that's enough to get into the prep process. For I kind of wanted to start with the chocolate covered uh, stuff first. Sure. What were your first impressions of the finished product?
0: Finished product were pretty good. We we kind of made them fancy. We melted some white chocolate too after to drizzle over the top to make them look nice for photos and all that kind of stuff. But we discovered that we don't really like frozen chocolate-covered strawberries much <laughs> because we like we, you cover them in chocolate. And what we found was that when we mixed in the uh, coconut oil with the chocolate to pour over the strawberries to make them dipped, it thinned out the chocolate a lot. So it didn't, we didn't get as thick of a coating as we would have liked. So we had a lot of extra left over, And plus we were like kind of questioning how well it was going to solidify. So we wanted to put it in the freezer to just to make sure that it was going to get solid. But we found that like biting into the frozen strawberry was a chore. It kind of sticks to your teeth a bit. So you get a little bit of like ice cream headache. And uh, I don't know, once they like kind of thought of it, even just as you're eating them, they were more enjoyable, we found. But I was like, no, I think I would have preferred something like a smaller thing, like a blueberry, like you you did actually.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I kind of had a similar thought about the, the, like the thinning aspect of the chocolate. You don't use a lot of coconut oil, but you have to mix it in vigorously in order for it to actually mix properly and not separate out. I kind of felt that this was very similar to the fudge that we've made in the past with coconut oil and chocolate. Um, Whereas like, as soon as it touches your finger, like room temperature is enough to make it melt right? Like we, we didn't freeze ours. Uh, We have a garage that stays quite cold, especially in the winter. So we kind of just put the the tray into the garage to let it set and, and cool and solidify. And it did solidify quite nicely in the garage, but once we brought it back into the house, I, I threw a bunch of the blueberries into a little bowl. And after like, not even a minute, they were starting to melt in the bowl. So yeah, it was a little bit messy, but they were delicious. They were really good. The blueberries turned out wonderful. They were kind of uh, they kind of like popped in your mouth <laughs> because we didn't freeze them, right? So they still had a bit of juice in them. Yeah. And uh, when I was popping them back, they they were they were real tasty. Kind of popped in your mouth. The banana turned out really well too. It it tasted great. Being in the garage really cooled it off, so it it wasn't quite a frozen banana, but it was it was nice, nice and cool. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. with, with I was kind of stoked because with all the leftover infused chocolate that we had, we had the chance to use our chocolate molds, which we've never used before. So that was kind of a bonus. Nice. So I, I've, I filled up a whole bunch of these like chocolate cannabis leaf pucks, basically, like all these little mini cannabis leaf pucks and some of them I put nuts in. And uh, yeah, my only takeaway from this, though, is that in the future, I will not use melted chocolate chips. No. What will you use instead? Baker's chocolate or something else, because okay. I just find chocolate chip chocolate. If that makes sense, uh, is just way too sweet. There's just something about it that it was just, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't down with it.
1: Even if you use semi-sweet chips, they are quite sweet, right? Yeah, so no, absolutely. I, I hear you. Yeah. We use semi-sweet and it is quite sweet, especially with the, the bit of coconut in it and stuff too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It does make it quite sweet, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I, the potency on my on my blueberries and and the banana they, it's quite low because I did half of a batch and it only called for a tablespoon of the coconut oil. I made a full. I made a full cup of it. So I had tons of coconut oil left over, but the potency wasn't very big on them. Um I'd say between the the half banana that I had last night and a half handful of blueberries, I was probably sitting anywhere between like ten to fifteen, maybe maybe twenty on the high side of milligrams of THC between okay. all that. But I, I would make these again. My my takeaway from this is I, I think I'd kinda like to do it almost like a hot pot fondue kind of style. Yeah. You know? I think that that's That's what I would like to do with this because it's so melty already and it it doesn't take much to keep it liquid that uh, you could just dip marshmallows or Oreos or whatever kind of fruit or treat that you want in there. And uh, I I think that you'd
0: have a real nice treat, you know, so. It would be just fun to do that in a social setting with like a pot and everybody gets like effed up and play some games or something. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think if I were to do that, I would probably keep the, the THC potency similar to what I have now just so that I'm not uh get sending anybody
0: crazy or anything you know (laughs) yeah well you got to make sure that you're being conscious of your guests when you're hosting exactly a dinner party like that because not everybody is you or I in terms of their tolerance
1: exactly the other takeaway I had from this is uh my partner Haley really enjoyed them actually the little blueberries she said it kind of reminded her of those brookside chocolates and oh. uh, it was it was kind of like a cool substitute for that because she really enjoys those we got a big bag of them at Christmas time and between her and I we devoured them in like a day and a half um,
0: so <laughs> it's, it hard, like, it's hard to keep your hands out of those though I know what you mean right
1: yeah it is but yeah I overall yeah I think that I would make these again a few little tweaks and maybe maybe a little bit of a hot pot style instead of a uh, like chocolate covered uh, fruit or something, you know? And in
0: terms of it being something accessible for a new cannabis consumer, like all you have to do is infuse a bit of coconut oil and then mix it with some warmed up chocolate and like a double boiler if you want. Like it's really not a complicated process. It's so it's really straightforward. If you want to dip your toe into trying something out for edibles, this is a way that you can do it. Um, And, you know, Dipping chocolate covered strawberries seems to fit the Valentine's Day theme, something that someone might do with their partner. So, you know, why not have a little fun together?
1: Yeah, exactly. We're going to be devouring these blueberries and uh, bananas on Valentine's Day all day. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Moving into the Whoopi Pies. I had a a bit of uh, trouble making these this morning. I must say. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not a great baker. I'm not very experienced, but I wanted to do this myself because uh, I I think it would make for a good story. But
0: uh, I applaud your efforts, my friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, my partner was definitely looking over my shoulder most of the time when I was making these, and uh, depending you were on getting her. Judged. Yeah, I was definitely getting judged, um, depending on on her. Her comments, or, or even the look on her face, I could tell if I was on the right track with something or not. That's
0: good though you you had like a bit of a gu- bit of guidance and yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. For these whoopie pies, uh, I mean you you start off making a you start off making them similar to like a cookie by getting the butter uh, whipped up with with all of your sugar and then adding your wet and dry ingredients. Uh, I'm not very skilled with a mixer, so I was making a fucking mess in the kitchen today. <laughs> and when I was making the cream cheese icing, I kind of like got my hand off the bowl and my little spatula that I was using kind of got like caught in the mixer. So there was uh, some cream cheese icing that went flying across my kitchen <laughs> that I had to clean up off the floor and off of the, off of the counters and stuff. And that happened with the batter as well. I, halfway through the batter, I didn't even think it was going to work. I couldn't get the, the <laughs> sugar to to melt properly and, and like to get rid of that kind of granular feeling or texture, you know? Right. So I was having issues with that, but, Ultimately, once I started adding the the wet ingredients and like the, the flour and stuff like that, the batter did take shape and it made me a lot more optimistic for the outcome. It was pretty easy to make overall. I just, if you're a a skilled baker, you could probably knock this out in like 30 to 40 minutes. But for me, it took me an hour and a half.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I left this to my spouse to create because I'm not as brave as you. I feel like I have less patience generally than you. So it just seemed like the natural thing. And at the same time, I don't know that my wife would let me fuck up her kitchen. (laughs) Uh, so yeah so uh, she had
1: to use it like a a nice
0: mixer of hers or something like that (laughs) yeah so she did everything so she didn't have really much of a problem with like the mixing and getting it together the whoopie pies themselves like she had never actually heard of a whoopie pie before and i'd heard of them but i don't think i've ever had one before so this was kind of like a new experience for us in a general sense but i mean it's just like essentially two like little cake patties with icing in between it yeah exactly yeah so, so she had no problems making it. She said that her only regret was that she wanted to make the cake patties like flatter because they rose a bit. Like she made them um, too like dense in the middle, and they rose more than she would have liked. So she was like, because uh, she wanted them to look all pretty for a picture if whenever we put them up or whatever.
1: Right. I missed a key ingredient. So I didn't get the same kind of, uh, rise as I think that you guys did. Okay. I didn't add baking soda and oh, okay. it, they, so mine are a little bit flatter, but I think overall they still turned out. Okay. So you have tasted these yes. and <laughs> I haven't tasted mine yet. Cause I made mine this morning. I wasn't going to get into them before recording. Cause uh, about halfway through this recording, it, I probably would have turned to a sloth. So, uh, uh-huh what did you think of the taste? Like the, the full taste with the, the cream cheese icing and the little whoopie pie, everything,
0: everything all together was really good. Like I was eating the, the, the beaters and stuff like that as this stuff was getting made and like the cake batter on its own has a little bit of weed taste, but not too much. I felt like the cream cheese ice cream really brought it out. When you eat it all together, you're like, Oh yeah, this is definitely a cannabis product. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's not enough to make it bad, but it's like, you just know. And I wonder if it's just not bad to me because I'm a weed guy and I love weed. And if like, you know, Joe six pack would take a bite of that and go, what the fuck is this? Right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'll get back to you when maybe when my wife gets to try some of it and, and she tells it. But for me, I didn't find it to be that bad. We put like a little plate together just to take a photo last night and I had two whoopie pies. So I, uh, my wife had like a bite and then I, I ate two of the whoopie pies after that. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed them. The recipe I find is, is quite large. And a half recipe would totally be sufficient. So I have like a preponderance of whoopie pie and icing right now. Uh, and I made the prudent decision not to prepare them all in advance because that just seems wrong.
1: Yeah, it did make quite a big batch. I think I, overall I have eight whoopie pies. So I, it made 16 little cakes. Yeah. And a significant amount of cream cheese icing. Yes. Holy shit! I'm gonna have leftover cream cheese icing. There's no way, especially like looking at the photos from the the article. They've like just barely spread any cream cheese icing on their photo, and uh, I mine's gonna be like a, an inch thick. <laughs> like if I want to try and use it up.
0: I'm not gonna lie, I may have had one before we started recording, and it may have been. An inch and a half. <laughs> nice.
1: Nice, man. Well, you know, wouldn't have known from the conversation, at least. At least I wouldn't have known. I I, I don't know if I'll make these again, to be completely honest.
0: No, I don't think so either.
1: <laughs> if I did, I would do a half batch, like you said. I'd probably do a quarter batch on the icing. Yes. But, yeah, overall, I, I, I really did think that they were they were fun to make I think that they're gonna be quite potent at least because you have half a cup of can of butter for the, the the cake itself and then half a cup of can of butter in the in the fucking
0: icing so yeah and a whole <laughs> bottle of red food dye to make it look mildly red.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'll make them again, but I'm excited to try them out uh, later tonight and tomorrow as well. So I'll definitely, I'll report back on, on next week. For the next
0: week, I'm going to be eating these fucking things.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I may drop off a couple to my friends around town for Valentine's day tomorrow. If, if I do find that they like taste pretty good, you know, and and they don't completely zonk me tonight. So I may try to just get rid of them via that. (laughs) That's smart. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Overall, I had a ton of fun doing more edibles, man. And even doing that little bit of research on that Chef Jeff stuff uh, made me excited to try out my next batch of edibles to try and remove that green taste. Thank you for the listeners for suggesting we do this because I often. just kind of forget about creating edibles um probably because I I'm a bit lazy
0: sometimes <laughs>
1: and it's it's a lot of effort to make edibles um, on occasion
0: so but no, I think it's something it that we need nice to come again. back to that and and, and like you said for that, sure I would love to revisit this again I think next time I'd like to maybe like maybe lean towards the savory side rather than the sweets because I'm, yeah I'm more of a savory guy I think in general and we've done a lot of sweets I think lately I know you did some for the the Christmas episode, you did that chicken pot pot pie and we did that stuffing, but maybe for the next round, we'll do it, but maybe it's something that we'll keep more on top of mind in the future and not take so long to come back to another, uh, easy edible recipes.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think this is something that we'll we'll definitely have to revisit and and hopefully we can get out recipes in advance so that people who listen along with us can can maybe attempt them on their own before they listen to the episode too. I think that would be kind of cool to see like everybody else's edible creations too and see how ours stack up to everybody else's.
0: Yeah, yeah. If we do a little bit more planning in advance, (laughs) and in terms of this one, the timing just happened to work out. They were like, "Oh, edible! It's Valentine's Day. This makes sense. Let's do it." Uh, Throw it together. (laughs) Might have been more timely had we set this up for uh, last week, and then people could have gotten stuff ready for the day. But yeah, lesson learned. I did throw the the link up on the Twitter account before we recorded. Um, So if you had a chance to look at that previously, if not, you can go back there and uh, check that out to find uh, access to these recipes. But yeah, I think that's a good spot to roll into our review segment. Let's do it. This week we are reviewing Charlie's
1: Angel from Redican. And this is a product that I picked up from my Redican prescription. And it came in at 18.95% THC and above three percent Terps, which was really what brought my eye to it to be completely honest.
0: Wow, it, it had terps on the jar when you got it
1: from Redican? Not Terps on the Jar, Terps on the website. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Terps on the website, which is as good as the Jar sometimes, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. um, just having that information available is is nice, you know? So yes. uh, rather have it than not. As far as notable terpenes for this strain, um, it was advertised at 2.73% mercine, uh, which is a shit ton of myrcene. Yeah, no. Kidding. <laughs> and 0.5 uh, percent Caryophyllene, 0.4 Pinene, 0.39 Limonene. So these are all very common terpenes. Uh, it's nice to see Pinene thrown in there, though, because that's not something that I get very often.
0: No, no, I haven't had a good piney strain in a while. I think since those uh, Alien Cinnamon cookies. Oh, and I never even had those. Yeah. Oh right, I forgot you didn't get those. Uh, no. What's uh, what's lineage on the Charlie's Angel? The the lineage is a secret.
1: It is an in-house blend they say on their website. Oh. The Mystery of the Unknown. The mystery of the says. Unknown. Well,
0: I heard that it was Amherst Island Sour Diesel crossed with Skunk. Crossed with Skunk. Okay. Yes, and but I also heard that it was in-house, that this like variant that they have is their own. Okay. Uh, and I've seen it, I think, because we've talked about this before on the show, but we had this product, you know, a couple of years back. In early legalization as well i did find
1: a little one gram capsule of this actually <laughs> um i like when we first purchased this like the first time i got this like you said was a couple of years ago and you had suggested it to me because it was super cheap for from the bc cannabis store for whatever it was reason like six
0: bucks a gram or something right
1: it, it may have even been cheaper, dude. I bought like a, a little one gram capsule of this and it came in the, the, the most adorable little package. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll throw up a, a picture of it on, on Instagram this week. Okay. Um, did you, en- did you end up getting one of the one gram little, little capsules of this, or were you getting like the three and a half gram lots of it back then too? I'm pretty
0: sure it would have been eights that I was buying. Out okay, of it. Um, But yeah. I, re- I remember it being really uh, surprising. Because I think it was even when we got it back then, it was at a lower THC range.
1: Yeah, it was uh, from from, mem- from what I can remember, at least it, it was. I was pleasantly surprised with it back then, but that was I think that was more like cost comparison. Like it was super cheap. It was a little bit dry at the time and stuff. It wasn't like fantastic, but uh, for the price point, it was more than serviceable. Uh, this offering of it though it was really uh, had a really great humidity when I broke up this weed it left like some st- left me with some sticky fingers you know <laughs> um, I was really happy with this product uh, this one was packaged back in November and yeah for for taste uh, or like smell right out of the jar
0: what what did you think about this one kind of like like musky and gassy is how I would kind of describe it
1: yeah for me it was a little like kind of like yeah musky earthy
0: okay yeah yeah
1: but there was a little bit of like a sweet sourness to it too. So like if you're saying that it's uh, like, lem- like if there's a sour diesel in this, like uh, that may, that may be showing through in the smell. Like the, so you may not be far off with that. Who knows?
0: Well, it makes me wonder if I'm, if I'm like, you know, mentally thinking that it's there because I think that it's a sour diesel variant True. or something like that. Like, you know how our brain fucks with us. So I'm not entirely sure, but I really liked the nose off of it. And boy, are you kidding? Like the moisture, you weren't kidding. The moisture content on this was great. The buds, buds were nice and like spongy and good bounce back. And I just, I love the like scent of the few buds that you gave me of this stuff. is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the appearance, they were the pretty little bugs too. Um, well I said little, but they're not little at all. I got no. some giant nugs in mine and I gave you a decent size one. It wasn't the biggest one that I had left because <laughs> I wanted to save it for a photo. Uh, but I, I gave you a pretty, pretty big one. Cause I was trying to, uh, to get you excited about it. Oh
0: uh, yeah. I was very excited about it. I mean, it, it, it was all gone before today, so that should tell you
1: wonderful I um I've kind of found that a lot of the reticand buds look really similar have you found the same like they're kind of like across the board this dark green with like amber pistols almost yes. all of them look very similarly
0: and it, it almost like matches their branding with like the black and the dark green
1: yeah yeah you know it's kind mean? of crazy it's, it's like very... I wonder if there's like a bit of the the terroir kind of effect happening there, you know, with, with them just growing that maybe, maybe there's something to do with the, uh, ecology or whatever, or the environment that they're growing it. in. that's, that's, pr- uh, producing these kind of buds. Cause I even find that a lot of the smells, the scents go off of a lot of their products are kind of similar as well. So, um, it'd be, it, I'd be interested to, to, to kind of find that out the effects on this one it's marketed as a hybrid that's Indica dominant. And I would say that the effects kind of line up with that from my personal
0: experience. Yes, this is a a 100% a um, indica couch as uh, the old terminology says it very much that classic couch locky kind of sit down, you know, slap your head around a little bit and, and melt into the couch type thing is, is where I fit this one. So I would kind of like, borderline between like relaxation and super stoned in terms of the categorization for me.
1: That's what I was thinking as well. Cause it, it definitely kills any kind of motivation that you may have.
0: This is not a productive <laughs> uh, strain.
1: <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's got a very strong high to it. Like you've mentioned, it's going to sit your ass down. It is something that I can get back up from, but I'm not in a hurry. That's for sure. And, uh, I think that there's a little bit of euphoria there too, but, um, I really enjoyed this strain. I have it in the early evenings kind of thing when I'm prepping for playing some video games with my spouse or getting settled in to watch a movie kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's kind of in the area for it for me. I think one of the best examples I have from this strain comes from when we had it in that earlier time when it was a little, a little cheaper, a little drier and not quite as potent. I had this and forgot I ordered a pizza. <laughs> so like we ordered Domino's, sat down had a bowl and we're watching something and then all of a sudden the doorbell rang and normally like because if the kids asleep, I am usually on the door just to make sure the doorbell doesn't get rang or anything like that. And uh, yeah, it totally caught me by surprise, and I jumped off the couch, so you lose track of time a little bit. And and I am not kidding about non productive. I just found I didn't want to do anything. I just kind of wanted to chill and relax when I had this, uh, so it didn't get the coffee and cannabis test that I normally run things through because it just wasn't compatible. In my that
1: mind. may send you haywire, yeah. Yeah, no, it
0: just you know, a it would just be an internal conflicted war within me, and uh, I wasn't prepared for that today.
1: No, no, we don't want wars on Saturday mornings. They're best no. avoided. Um, I completely agree. This slows shit down, so I'm not surprised you lose track of time on it. I I'm definitely going to be buying this strain again. I have a prescription with Redican. This strain is available at retail, I believe. We've purchased it through retail before. It's not something that I see regularly from them on the retail market. I definitely do see the Wapa and the Cold Creek Kush more like, well, it's more common at least when I've, when I've been shopping. But uh, if you do see this one, I recommend it. It's a, it's a great strain. You can probably find it for under 30 bucks for an eighth on the retail market. I picked this one up. I picked up 15 grams of it for $90 with my prescription that worked out to $6 a gram on the nose. And honestly, if at that price point this goes up against like anything at that price point guaranteed in my opinion like i would put this up with anything above uh sorry anything at that six dollar to eight dollar price point like this is going to be at the top of like the tier list in my opinion or or near it i know i i I have i'm quite biased because i do have an affinity for Redicam products just because of the quality and the cost but uh i mean so yeah, maybe take my word for what it's worth. (laughs) I don't know.
0: I don't know. uh, I don't, I don't think you're necessarily that far off. I think when you're looking at the low cost category, you're looking at two producers, you're looking at Pearson farms and you're looking at Redican, and there's a bit of a bump in quality when you go to Redican at that level. So you, you might pay like maybe a buck or two more, but you will see a difference in terms of the experience that you're going to get from the product. I think overall
1: yes exactly i i couldn't agree more with that so yeah i guess we've kind of touched on it uh, for use value this would be a super stoned relaxation kind of one maybe mood uplifting but i mean you're you're gonna be sucked into the sunk into the couch too so it's not one that you can have an uplifted mood and then go go for a bike ride or go gardening or something with right (laughs) so yeah anyways um charlie's angel from Redican, it is a buy in my opinion two thumbs up for for uh, medical patients out there, I honestly can't recommend the the Redcan platform enough for for uh, cost effective buds uh, that have a a great quality consistency to them. But that wraps it up. Thanks everybody for listening to this Valentine's Edibles episode and for listening to me drone on about how much I love Redcan. <laughs> if you want to check us out on social media, again, we are at a Cannabis Pod on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can basically listen to us whenever, uh, wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for tuning in this week. We always appreciate it. Take care, everybody.
0: Cheers, everybody. We'll see you next week.